Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. going to be 1 Kings 17, 1 through 16. And if anybody was here a few weeks back, the Lord had really put this on my heart concerning giving, but he has expounded it in a totally different way for me. And I couldn't get away from this as I was praying, Lord, what would you have? What would you want to speak to us? What is it that you would want to speak to us today? And, um, this is, this is what I believe that he has put on my heart, and I pray that we will all be receptive. I am speaking for me as well as all of you. I want the Lord to minister to me through this. One thing that I appreciate, and Pastor Robert will say too, just because we're operating in our gifts, it doesn't mean that our gift is not for us. So as I'm speaking and delivering the message the Lord has for us. I just want to remind you, I'm not perfected in this as well, and this is for me as well. So I'm not coming from a place of where I'm speaking to you. I'm coming from a place where Lord speak to us. And this is what I believe he's wanted to say. So if you have your word, if you would open to 1 Kings 17, Verses 1 through 16, I am going to read the whole text and um, just open your heart and see what the Holy Spirit would speak to you. And those that are watching online, you might not be here. If you're able to be with us physically, I just want to encourage you, come join us. If you're a part of this church and you're watching online because you've become comfortable, we miss you. We want you back. So um, just come and join us. And those that are watching that, it's the only opportunity you get is to watch online. We welcome you. We bless you. 1 Kings 17, verse 1 says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, The Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand. This shall not be due nor reign these years except by my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith, which you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and he did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him again, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went. He arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, Please, bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called and he said to her, Please, bring me a morsel of bread at your hand. So she said, 
as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and for your son. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Father, we come to you this morning, and we just ask, Father, that we would have our eyes to see what you're trying to show us through this passage, Lord, and that we would have ears to hear what you're trying to speak to us through this passage. And, Father, that we would... Be encouraged to take action, Father, on whatever it is that you are showing us. And, Father, we're looking to you. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would speak through me. Lord, you know the hearts of all of us. You know our needs. Father, and we rely on you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. So 1 Kings 1, um, 17, 1 through 16 is the thing. The title that I've been given for this is, Obedience to the word of God brings provision of God, but fear can hinder it. Obedience to the word of God brings the provision of God, but fear can hinder it. Now, to give you a little more insight of what was taking place, Elijah just didn't out of the blue get up and say, you know, proclaim and prophesy that there would be a drought. To understand why this was happening, we have to look at the previous chapters. And in chapter 16, we see that Ahab was reigning as king. We also see that it says, Ahab did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all that were before him. Imagine that. He took Jezebel as his wife, and he went in and he served Baal. He did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel who went before him. I don't know about you, but that wouldn't want to be the legacy that I would want said about me. But he served Baal. Now, to understand this, they believed at that time, they believed that Baal was their so-called God, was the God that controlled the weather. Look at the footnote. They believed that God that their God, their so-called God, Baal, because we know there's only one true God, was the God who controlled the weather. So it is fitting here that Elijah is coming forth. God has him coming forth to really prove who the real God is and who the control of the weather is. So we see Elijah proclaims a drought, okay? One thing I love is that in the midst of such wickedness of Ahab, of the king, because so as goes the king, usually goes the land. But in such wickedness, God still raised up righteous people to speak truth. 
in the midst of wickedness. And I know that we look today and we say the world is so dark. And yes, it is becoming very dark. But instead of focusing on the darkness, we can have the hope and be reminded that in the midst of it, God is always going to raise us up, us who know him, to speak truth. To speak truth. Darkness will not overcome the light. Light overcomes the darkness. So we can be encouraged with that. So we see that Elijah proclaims the, the, the drought. And by doing that, we read in verse 2 that the word of the Lord came to Elijah because, okay, he, he proclaims and prophesies a drought. Well, that's going to affect him too in the natural. So in verse 2, we see that the word of the Lord comes to Elijah saying, get away from here and hide at the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. It will be, it will be there that you will drink from the brook that I have commanded And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So Elijah did according to the word of the Lord. So regardless of what was going to happen in the natural, God was still going to take care of his people. And he always does. And we can be comforted in that. So Elijah, understanding God was his provision, but he couldn't just sit there. He had to go. The Lord said, go to this brook. And Elijah obeyed. He obeyed and he went in spite of how it looked in the natural, believing God would do what he said he would do. Yes, blessings from God do require obedience to the word. A lot of times we say, you know, the love of God is unconditional. But the, le- the blessings of God, you can read throughout the word. The God is saying, if you do this, then I will bless you. If you do this, then I will. So there is an obedience on our part that brings the blessing. It brings the blessing in our life. It, there's an obedience that brings the blessing. So he obeyed the word of the Lord, and as God promised... The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and in the evening. My first point, where God leads, he will provide. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I am old, but I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. That's a promise from God's word. Where God leads, he will provide. Oh, Joni, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. Well, you know, let's go. Let's go to uh, Matthew. The New Testament, let's see what Jesus himself says. Matthew 6.25 says, Jesus himself was saying, Do not worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And again, in verse 28, he goes on to say, do not worry. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added. If we are Christ's followers, 
these promises belong to us. So I don't have to worry about provision. When I'm seeking him first, I can stand on his word in knowing Jesus himself said he is going to provide. You know, and we need to be reminded, the sparrows and the lily, I mean, we live in a day and age, and I don't mean anything negative by this, but we live in a day and age where we almost exalt the animals above humanity. But I want to remind you, we were created in the image of God, not creation. We were created in the image of God. So it doesn't mean that God doesn't care about creation. He absolutely does. But there is a difference. And he is saying, if I, can, if I provide for sparrows that don't, don't reap or sow, that don't sow or reap in the lilies of the field, how much more you? We can stand on his promises. We can stand on his promising because where he leads, he provides. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So if I'm seeking God and his righteousness first, I can know blessings will come. Provision will come. How many of us have been worried about not having enough to pay our bills? I mean... How many of us have worried about that? We see that the cost of living far exceeds any raise that most people are getting, even if they're getting a raise. So how many are worried about, Lord, how am I going to pay these bills? Lord, look at these grocery prices. How am I expected to be able to afford to eat, eat and eat healthy, honestly? Look at the gas prices. God, how am I going to afford to be able to travel to my job back and forth? I see money dwindling. We can be assured he is our provider. Where he leads, he provides. And when we seek him first, we can stand firmly on those promises that he's given us. I know that I, we've, my husband and I, we've talked to some people that have retired And thank God that they're believers because even in that, they are seeing that they don't have enough to make it through on their Social Security. So they're doing different things. God has led them to do different things to help supplement, and he has blessed it. But how many are are retired or looking to retirement and thinking, I don't have enough to retire? Or in my retirement, I, I don't know if I'm going to have enough to live on. I don't know if I have enough that's going to last me. If you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added. He promises to provide us. Listen, the natural circumstances of this world, they don't dictate what happens to his people because that's where the supernatural comes in. He promises to take care of us, And what he promises, he's always delivered, and he will continue to do so. The only thing worry does is it gets our mind off Christ and his promises and onto what we see in our own understanding. So do not worry. Jesus said this four times in chapter 6 alone. In one chapter, he said it four times. If he's repeating it, it's not just, I don't believe it's just because We're to take note. Yes, that's one aspect. I also believe he understood the tactic of the enemy, that we would be bombarded with fears. We would be bombarded with worries. As humans, we would be bombarded with anxieties 
And that he was saying, don't fear. You might feel fear, but do not fear. My point number two, God's provision may come in non-conventional ways. God's provision may come in non-conventional ways. I didn't say ways against his word. Let's get that clear. God's provision will come in non-conventional ways at times. 1 Kings 17, 4, let's look back at that. I have, he told Elijah, I have commanded the ravens to feed you. I'm like, okay, it's a bird. It's a bird. Raven's a bird. It's going to feed me. Then I went deeper. I'm like, wait a minute, what is a raven? And I looked in the book of Britannica, the Britannica, and this is what it describes. Let me ask you if this is who you would want providing for you. The raven is a noisy, aggressive omnivore whose diet includes rodents, insects, grain, and birds' eggs. And in the winter, especially, it is a scavenger and feeds on carrion, dead fish, and garbage. They are like vultures. They eat almost anything. Would this be the means you would want or expect God's provision of food to come from? If I was Elijah, I'd be like, um, I don't think so. I'm not going to let that dirty bird come feed me. This can't be God. This has got to be. This has got to be from the devil, or this might be something in my imagination. This can't be God because this is a dirty bird, and I'm not going to let something that eats all of this carry food for me in its mouth. But God used a non-conventional way to provide for Elijah. God's promises to provide our needs. He promises that, but we've got to be open and allow him to provide however and through whomever he chooses. How many of us have said, surely that's not God's provision. I'll wait for God's provision. How many have had people that have offered to help in our place of need? Oh, no, 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 I got this. I got this. No, 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 I got this. Do we let pride stand in our way of God's provision, only to push away the provision of God and find it ain't going so easy without that provision? I should have said yes. I'm not looking at anybody. (laughs) but I think it's a common thing that a lot of times we feel, well, they have a greater need than I do, or no, I'm not going to bother them, or I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, use up their time. I mean, they have children, they have family. I'm not gonna. You might be sending God's provision away. You might be sending the very blessing of God away, and we have to check God. Is it pride in me? Is this you? Is it pride in me? So God's provision will come in non-conventional ways. Let's look at verse 7. After a while, that brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Oh, no. God's provision was the brook. Now what do I do? It's dried up. Oh, my gosh, God's provision has dried up. No, no. 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be up. If something begins to happen and shift in the way the provision has come to you and it's drying up, perhaps it's because God wants us turning into a different direction for what he has for us. And we need to be open to that. So um, maybe you've been at a job for a while and that you've, you've thanked God for that provision. You have just thanked him because you knew that this job was an answer to God. And something's changing, something's shifting in the job, whether maybe you might get laid off or maybe you've lost your job or something is shifting, but you're hanging on to, well, wait a minute, this is God's provision. I knew this job was from God, but God might be saying, yes, it was from me, but I have a different way of of providing. Now you need to seek me and be open to how God would want to provide. Now, I'm not saying go and leave your job. Remember, I'm saying seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and just be open that if things start to get struggling and something just isn't working out and it's not, um, it's not providing the way it once was, though you know it was from God at the time, it could be like the brook that's drying up because God wants to move you into a different place. How do I know this? I mean, if we read, look, look, look what it says. Um, Verse 8, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath and dwell there. Now, I'm not so sure. I'm not going to take words from the word or add words, but I wonder. The word of the Lord came to Elijah because possibly he was seeking I don't know, but we know that the word of the Lord came to Elijah. I know if my source dried up, my face would be turned towards God, knowing that that was my provision from him. Now what, God? I turn back now. What Now what, God? So we see that the word of the Lord came to Elijah and says, Arise and go to Zarephath and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So Elijah rose and went to Zarephath. He obeyed the word of the Lord. Again, God's provision was coming in a non-conventional way. Well, how can you say that? Because I I probably would have argued with God. Aren't we to provide for the widows? Wait Wait a minute. Don't send me to a widow that was supposed that usually needs provision. I can't. I can't take from a widow. Surely I haven't heard from you, God. This can't, this can't be you. But God was saying, I've commanded her. He's already let her know. I'm not, I'm not sending you, Elijah, to her to, uh, to her to ask. I'm sending you, but I've already prepared her. I've already commanded her that you were coming. I commanded, he said, I commanded a widow there to provide for you. So Elijah obeyed, and he went. It may not have made sense to Elijah, just like sometimes things don't make sense to us, but Elijah knew the voice of the Lord. He knew the voice of his God, and he obeyed. Again, we can't allow pride or anything from receiving. Okay, if Elijah 
knew the voice of God. How can I know the voice of God? That was Elijah. Well, Jesus rent the veil when, when he rose. We have full access. It says we can come boldly to the throne room of God where we can find grace. We can bring our petitions to God. There is no barrier. There is no other mediator except through Jesus Christ. And when we've accepted him, he is our open door to all the promises of God, all the access to God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these will all be added to you. How do I know his voice? Spend time with him. Read the word, and there he will reveal not only his character, but his promises. Talk to him. Well, I don't know how to talk to a God up there. He's our heavenly father. We talk to him like we would a friend. Yeah, but I know my friend. But did you know your friend when you first met them? Did it start as small talk to try to get to know them? Did did you know your friend when you first met them? No, but we struck up conversation. I have a friend of nearly 40 years. She is, like my husband will say, we're like sisters. We're more like sisters than friends of 40 years. But I can tell you, the first time that I met her, I don't even know if either of us liked each other. Never mind thought we would become friends. And then becoming friends, I would have never expected we would be where we are now. But you know how that happened? Through conversation, through awkward conversation at times, because how... how you know, when you're getting to know someone, sometimes it can be awkward. It's the same thing with God. We can begin talking to him and trying to listen, and it can feel awkward. It's okay. Keep doing it. And you know what? The more you do it, the more time you spend, the closer you'll get because you'll learn his heart, and you'll trust him to where you begin to bear your heart to him. You'll learn his character You'll learn his word. When you're reading his word, it will come to life to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Begin talking to him. Well, Joni, I used to talk to him all the time, and we've become, you know, we've kind of come strained in our relationship. I can tell you he's there waiting. He hasn't moved. It's us that has moved. And don't allow shame or guilt or anything that would keep you from coming back because he longs for relationship with us. So begin coming back and talking to him. Begin talking to him and getting to know him again. And you know, he is more than willing to reveal himself to us. More than willing. So the only way we're going to know his heart is spending time with him. Remember, Elijah knew the voice of God. And again, he told Elijah, I commanded a widow to feed you. The NIV says, I directed a widow. The message says, I instructed a widow. So one way or another, we know that God had communication with this widow that Elijah was going to be coming and that she would be providing for him. So when Elijah came, it should not have taken the widow by surprise. You know, when God's you know, when he speaks to us and sometimes it, it comes, it takes us by surprise because sometimes in the waiting, 
We forget. We forget. She had no problem, this widow, giving him water. But now she was being able she was being asked to give out of her very need. In her own understanding, she saw only her last meal and thought was it, that was it. She lost hope. She had no hope because she was looking at what she saw. She looked in the natural. Well, Joni, how do you know she didn't have hope? Well, let's look at the word. Verse 12 says she was gathering to prepare what she saw as her last meal that she and her son may eat and die. That doesn't sound like someone that's filled with hope to me. You know, she lost hope. Somehow she lost hope in looking at what she saw. How did Elijah respond to that? What was the first thing he said? Do not fear. Do not fear. That brings me to point three. Fear causes us to lose sight of who God is, steals our hope, And when we give into it or feed it, we allow it to rob us of what God's promises are to us and who he is to us. When God told Elijah, I've commanded a widow to provide for you, God knew the sacrifice it was going to require of the widow and the humility it would require of Elijah to receive from her. But you know what? God wasn't just about providing for Elijah He was about getting ready to show up for that widow, too, and providing for that widow. God always blesses the blesser. He will always bless the blesser, as Pastor talked on giving. He didn't know, Pastor did not know what I was speaking on today. Um, So, he always blesses the blesser. We can't outgive him, even when we give out of our need, if he directs as he directs us. We don't give to get, but that's how God works. His word says, given you shall receive. Are there times that God has given us a word or a vision or a thought of, of, of something that we know he wants to do in or through us in the future? You know, We've gotten this word, we've gotten this sense that, that God is showing me this is what, this is what he has for me. This is, this is what he has for me. This is what he wants me to do, just like with the widow. But we lose sight of it in the waiting. We lose sight of it in the waiting and get in our eyes on our own understanding This is where the widow was. Perhaps she expected Elijah to come while she had plenty. I don't know. But sometimes, isn't that how God works? God will speak to us. We have no problem. Okay, Lord, you want me to give this? I have no problem giving it because I have 10 of them. Well, you know, the time comes for me to give, and, and it's like things have changed. Circumstances have changed in my life. And now you're asking me to give out of my need, Lord. Oh, oh, this is where the widow was at. This is where she's looking at all her supplies dwindling, and she allows fear to come in. She forgets, 
or maybe doubts. Did God really speak that to me? Or maybe just too fearful to obey and justifying it with God, a good reason in the natural that she had missed it. God, surely you don't want me and my son to die. Surely I had to have missed it. You don't want me and my son to die. You look in the natural. Do we do that? We sensed God speak to us about something, but in time, we allowed what was happening or not happening in the natural to cause us to forget what he said or even doubt it. Maybe our circumstances and our situations have changed, not the way we thought it would be, so certainly maybe God will change his mind. Do we forget? Do we, do we forget? We're not alone if we do. The widow allowed fear to come in, Had she not obeyed the voice of Elijah because of fear and looking in her own understanding, she would have missed the abundant blessing that was to come. Little did she know. Little did she know, but she obeyed. Maybe when Elijah came to her, it reminded her. The first thing that we have to do is just like Elijah did. He had to address the the fear Do you know God never asks us to make a decision fear-based? He never asks us to make a decision based on fear. It's always on faith. How do we do it? We remind ourselves who God is and what he has spoken. Stir that word back up. What has he spoken? But we begin to speak to that fear using the word of God. God says he will not allow the righteous to be begging for bread. His word says he will provide, so I will not look at what I see in the natural or what I hear or what I feel, but I will stand on his word. We've got to speak the word to that fear. doesn't mean we're not going to feel the fear, but we've got to speak the word. Speak the word to that fear, not feed it. Jesus fought the temptation. Oh, yeah, he did. Temptation of the enemy with the word of God might not have been fear, but you know what? The enemy came with the same temptation that he needed. You know, Jesus said, it is written. We read this like it was nothing because we say, you know what? Jesus was God. This was when the enemy came. Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and it says he was hungry. He was hungry. So if I think of myself skipping a few meals, being hungry, imagine 40, the intensity of being hungry. He was hungry, and the enemy came to him with the temptation at his very knee because though he was fully God, he was fully man too. So he suffered some of the same temptations that we had. He faced, not suffered. He faced. But he used the word. He used the word of God against the enemy. And that's what we need to do. We've got to use the word of God so we don't feed the fear, but we speak the word. 2 Corinthians 10.5, I don't have this written down, but it says we're to take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. What does that mean? It means gather control of your thoughts. Gather control of that fear. Don't feed it. Don't feed it. Face it and fight it with the word of God. Feed upon the word of God because whatever we feed upon grows. That's a plant will grow when we feed it. We will grow when we, whatever we feed 
is going to grow. If we keep feeding our fears, it's going to grow. But you know what? It doesn't stay there. It paralyzes. It begins to paralyze. It begins to take more ground. But we can take the ground back by speaking the word. Speak to that fear. Feed upon the word. Let that grow within you. And you know what? That will begin to starve the fear. Take control of the thoughts, using the word. Line your thoughts up with the word of God, not what you think, not what the enemy says, and not what you feel. But what does the word of God say? I don't feel this as I'm speaking it, but the word says this. The word says this, and this is what I'm going to be speaking. After Elijah addressed the fear and tells her to go and prepare for him first, and then for her and her son, Elijah says, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain to the earth. Perhaps in Elijah's speaking, he was reminding her of what God already told her concerning providing for Elijah. I don't know, but somehow hope rose within her to obey the voice of the Lord regardless of what she saw. Sometimes we need to speak hope into other people's lives. We need hope spoken into our lives because sometimes it's a reminder of what God's already said, and we need to stir each other up in the faith. How did she respond this time? Verse 15 says she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah. And they all ate for many days. And the bin of flour was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord. So, where are we at, Joni? Okay, let me just do a quick recap. The point one, where he leads, he will provide. Where God leads, he will provide. Has God spoken to you about something, but in time or looking in the natural, you've begun to doubt? Maybe fear has come in, robbing you of what you once said, sensed he spoke. Remind yourself, where he leads, he will provide. Number two, God's provision sometimes comes in non-conventional ways. Don't allow pride to come in, causing you not to receive what God has for you. Accept the way he will provide, and don't look to your own understanding. Now, this isn't saying his provision is going to come in a sinful way. That's against the word. That's against the word. But remember his word. He will provide, but it might be in a non-conventional way. Three, fear causes us to lose sight of who he is, steals our hope, and when we give in to it, we allow it to rob us of what God promises promises are to us and who he is. Has fear, or maybe in the waiting, caused us to lose hope or doubt what he has said? Speak to that fear using God's word. Stir yourself up in the faith. One last thing I'm reminded, as David once did, he encouraged himself in the Lord. 1 Samuel 36 says, now David was greatly distressed. Do you think that could be partly fear? Do you think it was anxiety? Do you think it was worry? Do you think it was panic? He was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Another version will say he encouraged himself in the Lord. I love that we can identify with the great men of the Bible. We don't have to feel ashamed that maybe we've been caught up in fear, we've been caught up in anxiety, we've been caught up in worry, 
We don't have to be ashamed of that. The great men of the word did the same thing. But how are we to respond to it? We're not ashamed of it, but how are we to respond to it? Encourage ourselves. Speak the word. Speak the truth. It may not be giving that God is asking of you. It may be going. Ask the Holy Spirit, actually, do you mind if I pray? I just really sense I just need to pray. Father, I just come before you, Lord, and I thank you for this word. And I ask that you would help us to stir your word up in us. Lord, you see where each one is at, but God, you have the remedy, and I thank you for that. Your word is life. Your word is truth. So we ask, God, that you would give us the direction in our lives with what we might be struggling. Lord, there might be something you've asked of us to do to be obedient to your word, but we look in the natural and say, no, we can't do that. We can't afford to do that. No, we're going to wait. No, obedience is a now thing. Don't wait. Don't live in disobedience. Father, I thank you, and I praise you that you give us life and you give us hope, and that your promises are yes and amen to those of us who seek you. Father, we just ask a blessing on each person here. And we thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. And check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.